0: Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Man, I can't believe you guys this last year. uh, Man, like this, and it's gone. And uh, here we are at the end of a school year, and um, you know, on Sunday mornings, we're in the midst of this series that's defining the core values of our church, and I was thinking, Man, we got core values. We got things that we value uh, at Element. You guys have heard me say that if I I go, hey, if you're going to be here, what? Be here. Right? And that means a lot of things. If we're going to be here, be here. That means, man, I'm going to engage in discussion. I'm going to engage with what's going on. I'm not going to be distracting to myself or to others. Um, another, Another rule that I have, if you've been to any of my camps, anybody remember what rule number one is at virtually every camp when I talk to you guys about rules? Don't be a jerk. You guys listen. Look at this. So, I'm, so I was thinking through these core values that, that I feel like all the ones that we're talking about on Sunday morning, we share at Element. And we follow these core values, Uh, me, Parker, and Jacob as youth ministers, all of your coaches that lead your small groups. We follow the idea that biblical authority and spiritual maturity, caring relationships, intentional outreach, and faithful stewardship should be the part of your life as much as it should be a part of ours. And we know that that's something that you should ingrain, and we want you to walk out. You seniors, it is our hope that you would walk out of, of high school, out of student ministry, and you would find yourself a part of a healthy church somewhere as God sends you. Some of you guys, God is sending you locally here, and you're going to be a part of this worshiping body of believers. Some of you guys are going to Carney, to Lincoln, out of state, Wayne, where, I mean wherever, Chatterin, like all these different directions, everybody's going. And we hope that you will take these core values and find yourself planted somewhere and establish with these core values and being a healthy part of a growing church somewhere. Um, There is one core value that we're going to focus on tonight. Sunday morning they're spending five weeks talking about our church's core values. We've had to reduce that and there's one that I want to talk about tonight and the source of this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, you guys, God created perfection. He created paradise. Um, Everything was perfect. There were not erupting volcanoes. There were, there were not tornadoes creating chaos. The environment was perfect. God's, uh, th- There was not sin. Uh, everything existed in complete peace. I like to think that the thought that Adam and Eve could actually walk along with wild animals and, and that there would be peace between all of creation. And they would be able to exist in that environment with with lions, with tigers, with rhinoceroses. And they could walk because there was complete peace between God and his creation. But we know that that didn't last, right? We know that that pride, pride entered in. Adam and Eve chose to go, I think I might know what's better for my life than God does. I think that I might know the right steps that I should be taking. Even though my creator told me to not go this direction, I think I know better. I'm okay. I'm going to go ahead and go that direction. And here's what happened, you guys, in that moment. Peace was eradicated. Peace was demolished. What what God called shalom, complete peace, was completely destroyed thrown away in the moment mankind brought sin in. And I've even, I, I've talked, Parker and I have had this discussion one time when we were out running, wondering if, you know how if you walk around in, in nature and like a deer sees you, what will happen? It runs away. I, I, we, we wonder if, if that's simply because even God's creation knows that we're existing not in shalom with God, Like things aren't right between us and God and they're like, you're weird, I'm not hanging out with you. Because you're rebellious to your creator. Because you guys understand that all the rest of creation submits in obedience to God. We're the one piece that has the capacity to choose rebellion. And here's what happened in that moment, you guys. Relationship was broken. In that moment relationship between man and woman got difficult. In that moment, relationship, intimacy with us and God, because God used to walk with Adam and Eve. He would walk in God's presence. That was destroyed. In that moment, genuine relationship was destroyed for good. And I think about that and if you guys think about the area of your lives that you struggle with the most, it's your relationships. Like, you might think that money's a struggle. You might think that school's a struggle. You might, you might think that your activities are a struggle. But, but if we were honest, it's your relationships that are the most difficult. And that is the evidence of you guys living in a world that's been impacted by the destruction of that peace. And the reason I know that's true is how often um, maybe Parker or I or one of our other coaches is talking to a student that feels like they can't go on living because of the relationships that exist, even within this room, the way that you treat one another. Now, this isn't all of you, but it's evidence, right? Right? Our relationships are difficult. Ladies, I know that this thought has gone through your head, that you've gone, why does she look at me that way? What what did I do? I didn't ask for that. She better check her hair if she's going to look at me that way. You know? He better check his jorts if he's going to look at me that way. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? We struggle with relationships. Relationships. Guys, you wonder why ladies are so complicated to you? It's it's because of this broken peace that our relationships become difficult. We become selfish. And one of the values of our church, you guys, is our authentic, genuine, deep relationships. And there is only one way to get there. And you see where where shalom was broken, where peace was broken in the Garden of Eden, even at that time, God came back when he he said, Hey, look, Adam, you're going to have to work now. The land is going to punish you. There's going to be weeds in your, in your fields. You're going to have to labor and sweat. It's going to be difficult. He said, Eve, you're, you're, going to, you're going to struggle with submitting and loving your husband. You're going to struggle with that. It's going to be a curse. Childbirth is going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. You're going to remember this sinful moment. But then he looks at the serpent, the deceiver. Because honestly, you guys, when it comes to our relationships, the battle is not against the people that you see. There's a third party playing in on this. Satan is wanting you guys to have difficult, ugly, nasty, hurtful relationships. He says, you know what, if I can get them to live in animosity and conflict with each other, I win. Because if they feel isolated, alone, and angry, and they feel like there is no purpose in going on in life, Satan goes, I win. God looks right at Satan and he says "In you you are cursed above all the rest of creation and he looks at him and he says guess what I am going to crush you and so enter into the scene thousands of years later after this Jesus comes he was born of a ...of a virgin to fulfill all the prophecy of Old Testament. He lived a sinless life. No sin at all. He was tempted in every way that you and I were. Yet he did not sin. And his purpose, you guys... ...he was the only one capable... ...of bringing peace... ...back... ...to this planet. He is the only one capable... Of bringing restoration, peace, shalom between us and our creator. And God is the one that made that provision. Jesus walked the earth. And you know what he spent his entire ministry doing? He spent his entire ministry restoring people and relationships, it felt like. Whether it was a leper, Jesus healing a leper, walking towards an outcast, Someone that, that all of society had forgotten because honestly they have open sores on their, on their body and, and they might have body parts falling off. They were avoided. They were forgotten. They would have their own colonies outside the city so people wouldn't have to see them, go by them, get worried of, of contracting their illness. They were set aside and forgotten. Jesus walked towards the broken relationships because you guys know what? Those people in those colonies, they had no relationships. You want to talk about feeling isolated and alone? They could have wrote the book on it. But Jesus walked toward a leper. And even though he could have healed this this man with his words, he put his hand on this man and healed him. You imagine the relationships that were restored for him? He was now allowed to re enter into society, to see his children, to see his family, to get a job. He was allowed restoration to all that was lost. What about the woman at the well? We talked about her a few weeks ago. In that society, she, she, had, had, she had had five husbands, and the man that she was with currently wasn't her husband. She was walking alone to the well, which would normally be a social thing for the women of her day, but she was doing it alone. You don't think that she had broken relationships? Guys, you know how you talk about those girls. You don't think they feel broken and outcast and untouchable? Ladies, you know the looks that you give. you don't think that that woman at the well felt isolated. She had no peace. She had no hope. And what Jesus did in that moment was to speak life and peace and restoration into her life. And he gave her hope for something better. And he said, look, I know you. And I accept you. He wanted to restore her relationships. Then there's this guy named Zacchaeus. Any of you guys know the funny little song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Yeah, just a ridiculous song. It makes me think of, uh, uh, you know, like little dude like this. And I'd like to see a little dude like this trying to climb up a tree. You know, it'd be kind of funny. You can't even reach the top branches, but I'm mean like that. Here's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you guys, was the vial of the vial of his day. He basically stole from his own people to make himself rich. He collected taxes for the Roman government from his own people group. And not only did he collect taxes, but he collected excess taxes. He would tell them, say, hey, yeah, you actually owe... Uh, you actually owe uh, thousand dollars this year but they really only owed 500 and he would take the 500 put it in his own pocket and then give the, the the rest to the roman government not only did he do that it was like a pyramid scheme because he had people underneath him that also did this and and he would extort the extorters, so it would be like I recruited the front row to go steal from, from our people. To, to, and then I would say, okay, by the way, because I'm letting you do this, you give me a percentage of what you collected. He had a great system going. Do you think he was hated? Does a guy like that even have friends? He robbed from his family, from his friends, from the people that he worked with. He robbed them. That dude had to have had broken relationships. And he wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is coming by and he says, oh, you want to look at me? Hey, man, I'm, I'm coming over for dinner. And so Jesus comes over to this guy's house, sits down at his table. And it makes it kind of sound like there was like a social gathering going on. So it's probably a bunch of these minions of Zacchaeus's, right? And could you imagine what the people thought when Jesus walked in to Zacchaeus' world, into his home? They're going, well, hold up, wait. No, he's not. Is he going into 1102? Is that, no, he can't be going into Zacchaeus' house. Oh my gosh, you see that? He went in there. You know, you start looking. Man, what is he doing over there? I can't believe he did that. Jesus must not be who he said he was. I can't believe that he's associating with those kind of people. But you know what? Jesus' purpose for being on earth was about restoring relationships. Zacchaeus was in need of it. Dude was crooked. Dude was selfish. You ever met someone like that? I mean, come on. Everything that they do, it's self-focused. They just use you constantly. They're the ones that just, I'll use you, use you, use you, use you, use you until you've got nothing left. And then I'll go somewhere else and I'll make a different friend. That was Zacchaeus. I guarantee that dude had no friends. No genuine friends. All those guys that worked for him had to be his friend. So Jesus walks in. Shares truth with this guy. Zacchaeus is convicted. And he says, You know what? I know that scripture says that I'm supposed to pay back a certain amount to all those people that I've wronged. He says, I'm going to do four times that. Because I'm not just sorry. I'm ashamed. And I want restoration. Jesus was about restoring relationships, you guys. And some of you, some of you, as you sit here tonight, when we talk about the story of Zacchaeus, some of you are sitting in your chairs, clothed and covered and shame because of the way that you live. And some of you are sitting in your chairs going, man, I feel so isolated and so alone. I don't even think that that God would even approve or give worth or give any value to a person like me. Some of you are sitting here like that tonight. You're, you're just like the leper. You're just like, you're just like the, uh, the tax collector. You're just like Zacchaeus. You're just like that woman at the well. And you have no peace. And you have no shalom. The hope of peace is gone. And this is what I want to tell you tonight. If that is you sitting here tonight... God wants to give you hope. If he can look past the stinky, smelly, putrid sores of a leper, the background of that woman, the crookedness, the deceitfulness of Zacchaeus, I'm telling you, students, the only reason that you don't think that he can forgive you, the only reason you think that, the only reason you're sitting there going, no, God can't look past this is because you're believing what Satan is saying about your sin. And that is simply, simply not true. Because God wants us to live in genuine community. Now, not all of you are sitting in that place here tonight. Some of you guys are like, Josh, I understand that God loves me. And I'm living in in peace. And I have community. And I have relationships. Some of you are owning that and like God has touched your life. I mean, I know that's true. Many of you are sitting in here in that circumstance that you are feeling whole when it comes to relationships. You're feeling complete that God has touched it. Here's what you need to hear. In the same way that God says that it's important that you live within that that realm of genuine relationship and peace and shalom with Jesus, he says, guess what? you need to walk into Zacchaeus' house and sit down with him and pull him out of that environment. Not by pointing a finger, touching him with compassion. You need to touch that leper. Look that leper in the eye and go, I love you, there is more for you than what there is here. You need to look that woman in the well in the eye And go, I am not judging you. I want peace and I want healthy relationship for you. And Jesus has that for you. Can I please show you what that looks like? And you need to not care what everyone is going to say when you walk in to Zacchaeus' house. But don't get me wrong, I'm not saying go in and make yourself a part of that world because Jesus walked in and he walked out with a restored man. He did not stay in that environment. He saw the person, went to them, said, I want to restore what's going on here. I have a different vision of relationships than what you have. And students, Jesus came to bring peace and shalom and restoration between you and God, and between the others and God, because those lepers were the outcasts. You guys know the outcasts in your schools the ones that are forgotten, the ones that you're like, There is no way, God. There is no way they would choose to follow you. Try me in this. Look those people in the eye and listen. Because that's what Jesus did to the woman at the well, to the leper and to Zacchaeus. He sat down and looked them in the eye and he listened and he gave them hope. Jesus came to bring hope and restoration to our relationships. We are gonna to worship together some more. We are gonna celebrate the restoration of one life tonight. And guess what? That means that there's gonna be people already wet in the baptistry and if you need to be a part of that if you need that to be a part of your world tonight students don't wait it just doesn't make sense because God wants restoration to begin now so I want to tell you guys a story of something that happened last week that it's remarkable how God will speak to us in all kinds of different moments um, I, I went to a I went to a car auction two weeks ago and um there were these cars that I, was, I wanted to get a car because my, my second child is turning 16 in the fall and, and I was going to get him a car. And there was all these cars I wanted to bid on. And uh, there was this one right here that I wanted to bid on and I was down here looking at this one and I looked up and I thought they were auctioning off this car. Long story short, I didn't buy this car. I bought this car next to it that had three flat tires, no keys, no oil pan, a cracked radiator and, and it... it it just was a pile of junk. And here's the funny thing. Tonight, right before Element started, I found the guy who owned it before me. And I go, dude, what, what happened to this car? And he goes, well, we, we loaned it to a relative and they used it, wouldn't give it back. And, and the county found it. It had been out in a field for months. We didn't even want it. They towed it back to our house And got a bunch of tickets, and so the city hauled it away, and they just like gave up on it. And here's the weird thing. I didn't want this car because I was like, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know what to do anything with this. This It's a pile of junk. I just wasted a bunch of my family's money. I was angry. I'm telling you, I was so mad. But piece by piece, I put this car back together, and I'm telling you, this stupid thing runs. It does what it's meant to do. It was just missing some pieces, you guys. And I was thinking about that right before I walked up here, how broken our world is without peace. And God didn't leave us stranded out in the field and just walk away like this and go, man, they really, they really messed that one up, I'm, I'm done. He's into restoration. He's into restoring lives. He wants you to enjoy true relationship, peace, and shalom with him. I'm grateful because God could have walked away from this wreck of a life, you guys. You may not believe that to be true. I know the ins and outs of my world, that my world was so wrecked and upside down that I was in way worse shape than that car. And God chose to do a work in me and to use me for what I was created to do. Just to worship him, serve him, to grow in him. To be be an ambassador of love unlimited. Like Ransom said, to be the one that loves in a reckless way. Would you allow God to do that? We've got people, if you need to make that decision tonight, I'm gonna say that again that we have an opportunity to do that. I'm going to leave stage this direction. And if if that's something that you're needing, let's find that with Jesus together. Would you? Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.